Hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 105 of Three Point Podcast. Our trifecta usually includes the young gun, Jared Fattel of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan, but he had his mama call in. He's sick. He has 102 temperature. All I can say is I never, ever want to hear about missing a podcast because hip replacement surgery. That's all I can tell you. (laughs) I could lay in bed and talk on the telephone. That's all I can say. Our middleman, he's joining me tonight. He's a gamer, Matt Burns of ESPN in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm the old geezer, Ted Fatel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, The Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Sheridan Auction Service, The Corona Public Schools, and Promec Engineering. Also, we want to thank our syndication teammates sticking with us, Sports Radio Detroit. Follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your other favorite podcast hosting sites. And we all always love your comments and questions on social media at 3 Point Pod. Well, it's with heavy hearts that uh, we put this podcast together on Monday evening, the day after the Kobe Bryant helicopter tragedy and the other lives that were lost. We'll definitely get some thoughts on that. We'll also uh, take a look at some college basketball with the Spartans and Wolverines, and hey, the Super Bowl's right around the corner. We're going to get it rolling right after this short break. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. 85, 90, 95, 100. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, 989-720-SELL. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan. All right, Matt. Uh, you know, I really wish Jared was here because we've had a lot of conversations on this podcast about, uh, let's say, the so-called back and forth between Kobe and James Harden. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the absolute stunning tragedy that happened yesterday. We're recording this Monday night, but Kobe Bryant dead at 41 alongside his 13-year-old daughter and uh, seven other individuals, including the pilot. I mean, first of all, when you heard about it, what went through your mind? I mean, it, it was definitely one of those things that I, I didn't believe for a long time. I, we, we had just gotten home from, we went to a baby shower, and we had just gotten home. We were just, like, settling in, and all of a sudden I got, like, three or four texts from friends mm-hmm. with the TMZ article and, you know, not that not to take a shot at TMZ, but they're not necessarily the most reputable media source. You know, sometimes they run with stories that aren't necessarily true or whatever. Yep. So initially, I, I mean, I almost just, like, blew it off. I almost, like, whatever, you know, I texted back, like, yeah, not true or whatever. But, you know, like, it still hit my gut when I read that Kobe Bryant killed in helicopter crash. I mean, that's, it hit my gut, and I was like, what? 
So I immediately went to the TV, started flipping around ESPN, you know, just flipped around, like, what's going on? And for a little while, you know, clearly when this story broke, you have to know the, the higher-ups, the producers, everyone at ESPN was like, holy crap, we have to be 100% sure before we start running with this story. And because, I mean, I was flipping around, the Pro Bowl was about to start, there was some NBA, like, I was like, what is? what are they going to do? And sure enough, on, on ESPN2, they... They cut to it and went to Sports Center. And when, honestly, I'm not ashamed to say it, uh, when when Sports Center came up and I saw that that headline, I, I mean, I, I honestly I, I lost it because, yeah. I mean, I we've talked on this podcast. I mean, you you said it. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about Kobe and stuff, and Kobe was my guy. He's he's my favorite, maybe behind Barry Sanders. He's my favorite athlete ever, and I, I followed his career closely. He's what kept me being like just such a big Lakers fan, and it's it just I, it's still like I watched the coverage for six hours, and I just it it was I couldn't believe it the whole time when people were coming on talking about him, when they were the, the story was developing, I, I couldn't believe it, and I even woke up this morning and it was the first thing I thought of, and I was like, this isn't real. I just it it's so hard to believe. Well, you know, it's I mean it's it's hard for me too, and you know, but. I, where you sit and I can just imagine the tears and the emotions and everything that was was happening to you and all his close friends out there colleagues I mean I cannot believe uh you know the magnitude of this story I mean think about it. he's 41 years old he's here one day and next next day you know he's gone and, and we're having to deal with this it's just so hard to put into words I do have to say this I saw you had a post on Facebook and I think you probably had it on Instagram too uh, on your your actual thoughts that had to take some time to put that in writing but I thought it was extremely well done Matt oh well, yeah thank you and yeah I did you know I, I sat there for a while and I, I I was tweeting some stuff out and just retweeting some stuff of what people are saying, but actually like trying to put your thoughts into words or you're putting your thoughts onto paper or, you know, onto social media, whatever you want to say, it was kind of hard because I, it, it was such a shocking thing. And then the story was still developing. You know, you're finding right. out who else was in the helicopter. It's still just like Kobe Bryant was just that guy. He was like superhuman. It was like, there's no way he was the guy that you would see 80 years old, like you're seeing Bill Russell and some of these old NBA legends that are still living, that was going to be Kobe Bryant. I mean, he had transitioned into his post-NBA career perfectly fine. I mean, you see a lot of former pro athletes struggle after they retire from whatever sport they're playing. I mean, Kobe was almost being more successful post-NBA than he was in his NBA career, which is crazy to think about. So that was, for, for me, who grew up, I mean, I had posters from his rookie year on in my room, jerseys, I followed the Lakers. Like I said in that post when the Pistons played the Lakers in 2004, you know, I was still in Michigan, obviously, at the time. I was rocking the Lakers gear the whole time. I, I was glad the Pistons won, but I wanted the Lakers to win. So to see him transition into his post-NBA career and win an Oscar, and he's got this Mamba Academy, and obviously he's getting very involved in women's sports, college yeah. basketball, and everything. It was exciting, honestly. Like, as as a fan of Kobe, it was exciting to see him, you know, turn into someone who was, was not going to struggle after his NBA career. Yeah, I mean, he, he was going to definitely do big things, you know. And look at, 
you can't do much bigger things than he did in his NBA career. I mean, 20, 20 years, all-star 18 years, five-time champion. I mean, the list goes on and on. You know, the one thing that gets overlooked a lot was also, I think he was a 12-time all-defensive player in the NBA. I mean, he had every aspect of the game. It, it was just uh, – he was one-of-a-kind player, without a doubt. And I see that uh, they've announced – they, they just cut through all the red tape, and he's in the 2020 Hall of Fame class. They're waving all the crap that goes along with it he's in, which is very fitting, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone knew he was the first year he was eligible, he was going to make it. So, right. I mean, that, that wasn't going to be a question. So, yeah, to put him in, and that's that's just another thing that, like, hits is this the, the class that we, that he's going to go in with is the, the shoe wins were going to be him. Duncan. Duncan and, yeah, Kevin Garnett probably like maybe the best Hall of Fame class ever, those three guys. And now we're not going to be able to hear his speech. And, you know, people have their different feelings about him, and that's fine. But to me, he was one of the best speakers. He was a guy that when he would have a mic, whether it was at the ESPYs or whether it was at the Academy Awards or whether it was wherever, podcasts, you know, whatever it was, I was just captivated at what he would talk about because he was so – driven he was so motivated and everyone's heard the stories about his crazy workouts you know how his strive to be the greatest in 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 the nba but it it went with everything it wasn't just basketball and that's what everyone has talked about is the basketball stories whatever everyone knows that stuff i mean you said it like the accolades on the basketball court in the nba and in the olympics and everything you know everyone knows that stuff but what really hit me yesterday when i was watching that coverage and, you know, people were coming on talking about how he impacted their lives. I, basically, no one talked about basketball. They were all talking about how when they were down or when they needed someone to talk to or when they needed advice or something, they would reach out to Kobe or all the young people that he's mentoring. Or now you think about the generation, like Jared's generation, right. that's in the NBA right now or that age. I mean, he he was their Michael Jordan. I mean, Jordan was basically done when a lot of these guys were, were born or, you know, coming in coming in to start playing basketball, Kobe was their guy. So, I mean, it's cool to me to see that it wasn't just the greatness on the basketball court because, you know, you always think about you, you see a lot of these former athletes, once they're done playing basketball, they all you really talk about with them is how great they were on the basketball court or the football field or the baseball diamond, you know, whatever it was. As a, such a big fan of Kobe, I think the coolest thing to me, honestly, especially this, this last day and a half or whatever, has been seeing that, the impact that he's had around the world is far beyond basketball, and he is inspiring young kids to work hard. He's inspiring all these kids in the NBA, all these, I call them kids, you know, these young adults, these young men in the NBA right now to keep working hard, to keep striving for greatness. And, you know, it's just one of those things, like, you, it kind of makes you think about your mortality when, like, someone like that is taken away so fast, and it makes you think, like, what is your lasting impact going to be? And, you know, it was just super cool for me to see that, you know, he, he touched so many lives. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you're you're the father of a daughter. I'm the father of two. And he was asked some question about, I forget who ran it at him, said something about, oh, you got to have a boy. And, you know, he said, hey, back off, Jack. I got my girls. And, you know, he passed with one of his daughters. I mean, Oh, man, I, that's the part that just got me so bad, Matt, was just thinking about the last moment there, but at least daddy and daughter were together. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't know how to put that into words, but 
it, it just that was just gripping. No, you're right, and I, I to to add to what I was saying, that, yeah. Now being a father of a daughter, you know, seeing him. If you've seen any videos, or obviously now we're seeing a lot of stuff, but if you've seen any videos of him coaching his daughters with his daughters at basketball games or whatever, I think that's the most anyone has ever seen Kobe Bryant smile. You could genuinely see the joy he had with his daughters, and then specifically Gigi, the one who was on mm-hmm. the helicopter with him because she was really looking like going to be, a, I mean, a, a superstar. She was, yeah. I think the story you're talking about, she talked about wanting to carry the Kobe Bryant legacy on the basketball court, you know, yep. college to the WNBA. And you could see that he was, it, it honestly looked like he had more joy, more passion, whatever you want to call it, in being a dad. Then, which is crazy to think about, than playing basketball. Yeah, well, without a doubt. I don't know if you saw the classy move by UConn where they had a, a jersey and some flowers sitting on uh, one of the seats on the bench with her name. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah, that was super cool because obviously she talked about really wanting to go to UConn. Right. Yeah, for them to do that, that was really cool, especially, you know, she's she's 13. Hey man, it's just—it's so sad to think about. And the and you know and the others on the plane on the helicopter too. I mean, you know, it's just a, a terrible, terrible tragedy without a doubt to everybody involved. And you know, it's hard to put into words for sure. You know, and one last thing that I was thinking about today, and I, I obviously watched a lot of the coverage on ESPN. Most of what I watched was on ESPN yesterday on Sports Center, and and then today um, watching a lot of the shows and all the reaction. Obviously, I'm, I'm I'm proud to work at ESPN, but uh, I, so call me a company man. I don't care. But the talent and the lineup of shows and the anchors and the reporters and everything that are on ESPN and on the shows, I think are unmatched on TV. And it the their talent shows in times like this when they're so they're able to so eloquently speak about a tragedy and put their thoughts on TV and talk about it and. You know, sometimes some emotion comes out, and that's fine, but I'm just always so impressed at guys like Scott Van Pelt, Dan Levitard, Pablo Torre, uh, Tony Reale is one of my favorite, and, I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on of all the people who are on all the shows across all the, the ESPN networks, and specifically the, you know, High Noon, PTI, Around the Horn, Highly Questionable, those are some of my favorite shows, and I'm just always so impressed and, like, captivated when it comes to times like this and how they can speak, and like I said, so eloquently, just I mean, it's just so professional and so just interesting to hear their thoughts. And, um, you know, one of my friends, he, he texted me, he, he checked in uh, on Sunday, you know, when, when the news broke, he just he knows how big of a Kobe fan I am. So he texted and just said, hey, man, how you doing? You know, sorry to hear, you know, we, we texted back and forth a few times, and he said something that I was thinking about uh, at the time, actually, and you know, I, I thought about it a little bit more. He said something along the lines of, um, it, it's crazy how our heroes are idols, even if we've never met them, how hard a uh, tragedy like this can hit us. And, you know, the sadness and the grief and the feelings are real, so you don't want to ignore them. And, you know, I was thinking about that. Like, I've never met Kobe. You know, Kobe doesn't know who I am. I don't know him personally, but this, you know, it hit me. This this hit me like, like someone who was close to me, like a family member or something like that. And, it's crazy to think about that, that someone that you've never met personally can have such a big impact on your life. And Tony Reale talked about it. it he did a, a little monologue on Around the Horn that it's perfectly fine if if someone that you've never met hits you like this because 
I mean, he was Kobe. He's a huge part of my childhood or my like young adult life. Watching him, the, his whole career. I've followed his career closely, and I, you know, I've seen him, you know, from afar, from what I've seen through media, social media, you know, everything. Watch him grow up. I've had some awesome memories watching him play and hanging out with my friends watching him play and hanging out with family watching him play and stuff. So that's a huge part of me. And then now, like I said, like seeing him post-NBA career with his daughters and everything that he's doing, maybe now because I'm a dad of a daughter, that makes it kind of hit home a little more too. So, you know, it, it, it's a huge loss for, for me, um, even if I didn't know him personally. And I, there was an interview that I've seen, you know, obviously a ton of interviews with him. And, you know, I I think that's the lasting impact that he's going to have. He talked a lot about the, the basketball stuff is almost like kind of whatever. His legacy is set in basketball. The NBA, everyone knows his greatness there. But the legacy that he really wanted to leave was the impact on young people and trying to inspire them to achieve greatness and have dreams and to put the work in and don't, don't let a day go by that you're not working to achieve your dreams. And when you hear all the stories from all the people that he touched and all the people that he had an impact on, I think that is definitely going to be his legacy. And one an interview that he did that it really stuck out to me, he talked about when, when someone asked him along the lines of, like, what do you want to be remembered for, a, a question like that, he said he wants to be remembered for never wasting a day, never wasting an hour, never wasting a moment on this earth. And Again, from afar, I don't know him personally, but from what I know, from all the stories and everything that you hear about him, if there's someone who maxed out his time on this earth, his 41 years, I would think that he definitely did because it doesn't seem like he let a day go by, that he wasn't working to achieve his dreams. And it's just it's so sad to think that he was instilling that mindset in into his daughter's lives and, and you know, other young people and Hopefully, hopefully that legacy will be able to carry on because it's it's something special. Again, back to back to Kobe. I don't know if you saw any of the Grammys, but uh, they had quite a tribute at the very beginning with Alicia Keys and Boys to Men came out and sang a cappella. Uh, it kind of set the stage, and then they had the the spotlight up at the rafters at number eight and number twenty four. It kind of put things in perspective. It puts things into perspective, and it's just it. That's what makes you think about. I mean, a, a guy. To be a, the superstar at his level, not just playing for, you know, not to take a shot, but not just playing for, like, the Milwaukee Bucks or the Oklahoma City Thunder or something like that. I mean, he was he was at the pinnacle of the sport for the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers are the they're the Yankees of, you know, it's like Derek Jeter being, being the shortstop of the Yankees. Right. Kobe Bryant being the, the face of the Lakers for 20 years. I mean, that that is just insane to think about. And then to have, like you said, two – Numbers retired at Staples Center. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's something that you would never probably will probably never see again. Well, before we we wrap this part up and and maybe talk a little college hoops and Super Bowl, it all, all seems kind of incidental at this point. But you know, this is probably your most pivotal moment uh, where something just jars you and hits you. I remember back when magic came out with the hiv announcement i know jeremy one of our twitter followers and listeners posted on twitter that that's what the first moment that came to him when he heard the news about uh about kobe i could see where where that could be related because back then when when that announcement came out you thought that was probably an a, a death sentence coming up shortly after the announcement you know and then they came to all the all the uh, medical you know miracles to 
let people live with that disease, which once was completely terminal. Yeah, I mean, it, that that's exactly it at the time. I mean, I was pretty young. I was only six or seven years old when that happened. But at the time, that it basically was a death sentence. So, yeah, when, when that news came out, I can't imagine Magic Johnson was as big of a star, you know, maybe as, as Kobe yeah. was in the NBA or, you know. He was. On the same level, anyway, as far as their stardom in the NBA with the Lakers. So, yeah, I, I bet that was that would be a similar um, comparison. I was going to ask you, too. And I could Google the year right now. Were you alive? Were, were you when John Lennon was shot? Oh, oh, without a doubt. That was another shocker. Yeah, I was watching Monday Night Football when Howard Cosell made the announcement. Absolutely. That was 1980. 19, okay, I thought so. I didn't think it was before your time. So I've seen some people kind of make that comparison. That's another good Just, comparison, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it is interesting to think about, like, you know more about that, obviously, than me, but when you brought up the Grammys, and that's what people have talked about with Kobe and then talked about with John Lennon, how their reach, I guess, their impact, global impact, goes beyond music for John Lennon or basketball for Kobe Bryant. Well put. A- absolutely right. I, we'll leave this on a little lighter note. Uh were, were you in tune back in around 2007 when the Lakers agreed to trade Kobe to the Pistons for Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, and Amir Johnson in a first-round pick? I was. I feel like when that came out, like, it was all kind of just, like, speculation. I mean, at that time, Kobe was definitely, like, he was saying he wanted to be traded because the Lakers weren't really doing much to help that roster. <laughs> but I feel like when that Pistons news came out, like, it – it didn't really like pick up steam until years later. Yeah, I, I, I believe he came out and said he used his no trade clause to veto that deal eventually. Yeah. So. yeah, which is crazy to think because at that time, you know, that was after kind of the run with Rasheed Wallace and Chauncey Billups and stuff. You know, they were kind of on their way out. So yep. who knows what that would have done for both franchises. But wow. that would have been crazy to see Kobe on in, in a Pistons uniform. Well, it'll be certainly uh... – Weird to see NBA play. I know they canceled the Clippers-Lakers game coming up. I think it's tomorrow on Tuesday. And that's uh, that makes 100% sense. You know, let's get through the funeral stuff and then try to get back to normalcy. But, uh, you know, we'll just wrap this by saying, Matt, that it's a big, big blow for sure. And Kobe Bryant, you know, not only a, a, a tremendous basketball player back in his day, but he had a lot of big things going forward too. He did, and, you know, that's – you know, seeing what he was going to be doing with his daughters, what he was doing in women's sports, what he was doing for his own career in the media and production and everything, and just the the impact that he had on kids, you know, motivating them to work hard and achieve their dreams and everything. There's one quote that I'll read before we wrap this up. When, Sounds good. When he accepted award at the ESPYs after he retired, he was up on stage with Peyton Manning and uh, Abby Wambach. They they had all retired at the same time, so the ESPYs were honoring them. And Kobe's speech is awesome. We we retweeted it from our Three Point Podcast page. But it, one one line that he said in that speech was, "My next dream is to be honored one day for inspiring the next generation of athletes to have a dream, sacrifice for it, and never ever rest in the middle." And, I mean, that's just – if that's not, like, an impact or a legacy that that is going to just keep going on and on, I don't know what would be because that's pretty inspiring. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, just one final thing, too. I know Jared tweeted, <laughs> coming from the young buck, you know, and the news hit him hard, too. He said, he just tweeted, Kobe was a lot better than James Harden. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's him taking the <laughs> taking the high road, I guess, because we've definitely had the debates on that before. But Absolutely. Yeah. All right. 
All right, we'll be back and talk a little uh, college hoops and uh, Super Bowl after this. Hey, everybody likes a great deal, right? Well, go online at SheridanAuctionService.com for all their info on upcoming auctions. The auction house is packed with all kinds of great items. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com and sign up for email notifications or call Troy Crow at 989-720-SELL for other details. Also, if you're looking for some fun, stop into Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Weekends are really hot over there, as you can cheer on the Spartans, Wolverines, Red Wings, or Pistons, over 20 high-def TVs and awesome food and drink. Come on in on Thursdays for their weekly Opinion Nation show. It's similar to Family Feud with great prizes, and the best part, it's absolutely free. And Matt, I got to tell you, I was in there last Thursday night, went out to dinner with a couple of friends and uh, the opinion nation show was going on it, it they get a they pack it in there man it's uh, it's kind of like a trivia kind of like family feud but uh, prizes they give away and you know you go in there and have a couple refreshments get some food and uh, participate in the game and it, it looks like a ton of fun i was going to ask you about that one time when you when you mentioned that during the ad read like what what kind of setup it was was it you know trivia or i heard you mention family feud before that sounds pretty cool i, I love trivia at bars it's fun well what they do is the way it's similar to family feud is that they ask questions but it's all based on opinions of uh, whoever they pull right so you get a table of four to six people together and they they ask the different questions and there's different choices like one of them was other than teachers in a school system who are other staff people and they have it weighted to where the top choice gets more points and so on and so forth like if you say the lunch lady that was one of the answers i think that was worth two points and uh, the principal was worth five points so that's kind of that's kind of how that category worked it was a ton of fun yeah that would be fun and especially if there's a decent crowd there you know like if you go to some of these trivia things and it's basically you against two other people that doesn't make it as fun but if it's a solid crowd you got a little competition it's fun it's funny you know there's laughs going on that's that's a, it's a really good time i i like that yeah and, I, and talk about a good crowd it was packed in there on a thursday night at starting at six thirty. so it's, it's a cool deal and especially we know the food is good there yeah, absolutely i wasn't disappointed with my choice that's for sure what would you go with well the, i went with uh, the chicken wings thursday night's wing night and you never can go wrong with their smoked wings so I, I, maybe we've talked. We probably have talked about this on the pod before. Are you, are you bone in, or do you go boneless? Or I'm more of a boneless, but my wife had the bone in, and uh, I tried one of them. Uh, I could be swayed to go back that route too, but I, I still like. I don't like dealing with uh, chewing around the bones. I'm just. Uh, I'm a lazy eater. <laughs> no, that's that's always my thing too, especially out at a restaurant. If you're home on your couch, you know maybe it's different, but right. I don't want to be. Dealing with the mess on your hands, you know, it's all over your face, especially I have... If you get the barbecue sauce. It's all, yeah, it gets caught up in your beard and <laughs> whatever else. So, but I know people always say, like, I, you know, I don't know if they're like the foodies, but they're always like, boneless wings aren't chicken wings. It's I just know. chicken nuggets. And I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> if you want to say it, that's fine. I still like it. If it tastes good, who cares, right? Exactly. Well, you know, you got to have wings for a Super Bowl party or college uh, basketball party. And let's... Let's get into this segment with a little college hoops. Uh, I don't know what happened to the Wolverines after their early season success. Is I, Isaiah Livers really that good? But I'll tell you what, Jawan Howard now, uh, he, he's feeling the other side of the coin, if you will. I mean, he was riding high early on in the season, and right now he's got to figure out a way to stop the hurt. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think, to answer your question, I think Isaiah Livers, what, 
is a huge part to that team. I'm not not saying with him they'd be leading the Big Ten, but you know you lose your best player. He, he's the best player on Michigan's team this right. year. There's, there's no doubt about that. You lose your best player, you're going to take a hit. I, I don't think many Michigan fans thought it'd be this bad, though. I mean, he was. I don't. I don't want to say only, but he was only averaging 14 points a game. So you feel like that would be like a little easier to replace. But it just seems like it, it messed up the whole rotation of you know the subs, the guys coming off the bench. Now you're putting a guy in the starting rotation that maybe isn't ready to start. And then my my biggest thing when I watch, I mean, we all as Michigan fans, we all love Xavier Simpson. He, you know, he's a four-year player. He's he's been really good. They've been to a bunch of Sweet Sixteens, a national championship with him. You know, he's been a really good player. But I feel like without Livers, it's putting a little more stress on him to score the ball. And as we've talked about on this podcast, that's not necessarily his strong suit. No, and then on top of that, whatever whatever's been going on, I haven't heard the official verdict on what he did, but. Simpson's been suspended for at least one game, and who can tell what that is, right? I mean, we'll hear about it, I'm sure, but I, I didn't hear anything officially uh, what caused uh, Juwan to set him down for a game. Yeah, they haven't said, and, you know, they said violating team policy or whatever, so who knows what that could be, something with class, you know, or not right. going to class or something, or it could be going out to some parties or going out to some bars and doing some stuff or something like that. So, you know, who, who knows what it is, but it is kind of like one of those things that this is going to be Xavier Simpson's first missed game of his career. He's a four-year player. That's pretty wild that you didn't at least have like one game that you were a little sore or something like that. So, I mean, that that's a big deal. And, you know, he, whether you want to knock him for, you know, the way he shoots or scoring or, you know, whatever, he's a leader of that team. I mean, he, he carries the offense. He runs the offense probably one of the best on-ball defenders in the Big Ten, or he is. So, I mean, he's the leader of that team. So him being out, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they respond. Now, the one thing I do think, I've been a big fan of David DeJulius, the, the young guy, the, the point guard that's going to take over, you know, after he's a sophomore, after Simpson leaves. I, I like Xavier Simpson, but I feel like the offense looks a little better when DeJulius is out there running it because he's a little more, he's a better shooter, he can score, he can drive a little better. I'm actually really curious to see if their offense is maybe a little better without Simpson. Well, I'll tell you what, at this point, I mean, they've been struggling with Simpson, so, you know, it's a perfect opportunity for DeJulius and, uh, to see what the team can do without Simpson, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what, I mean, what better time? Because right now, let's face it, if they don't turn it around and turn it around in a hurry, not only could they miss the dance, they got Michigan State coming up on the schedule in a week or so, uh, it's not getting any easier. No, it's not getting easier, and the biggest thing, we, we've talked about it for a while, that these these road games in the Big Ten have been tough. Most teams have been struggling on the road in the Big Ten, but Michigan's starting to lose home games, too. Yeah. So it's like, if you can't split, you know, if you can't only win your home games and then hopefully win a couple on the road, yeah, I mean, you said it, they're... They're they're on the edge right now. Of luckily, they won some of those games, Gonzaga and some other games early on, to kind of build that resume. Because without that, I mean, I don't even know at this point they're they're out of the top twenty-five now. They have been for a couple of weeks. I don't even know if they would be a bubble team right now if it wasn't for those early season wins. That's so, the only, yeah. I mean, you you kind of started this segment off about Jawan Howard, and it's his first season. I think maybe winning that that early season tournament in Bahamas. Maybe like set the bar a little high for this team, and made people think like Juwan was just gonna walk right in and start contending for titles or you know whatever. But yeah, he's getting to see now. He's having to suspend his his senior point guard. 
I think he's going to see what it's like to be a head coach at a high-level college basketball program. Well, without a doubt. And, you know, you talked about Michigan struggles on the road and now losing at home. But uh, Michigan State, uh, again, Coach Izzo, you know, we are Wolverine fans, but I'm the one guy out of the three of us that I'm also a Michigan State basketball fan. I really am, and I've always been a Tom Izzo fan. I mean, he always finds a way to get that team to play well once they get through their early tough schedule that they usually have. And, you know, they go on the road to Williams Arena in Minnesota. That is not an easy place to play, and that's a pretty good team. And they, they beat them handily the last game out. Yeah, and they, I mean, they went before Minnesota, not to, like, downplay what you said, because you're, you're right. They went to Indiana and lost, and, you know, it's same, like you said, that's a tough place to play. Heartbreaker, Indiana. though. I mean, they played it tough all the way down the stretch. Right. You know, Indiana's playing pretty well this year, so that that's the whole road thing. But, yeah, to go into Minnesota and just whoop on them like that, that was a statement. But, you know, I the biggest thing to me, and it, this is no, like, hot take, or this is no, like, breaking news or anything like that, The the that team goes the way that – Cassius Winston is, is taking them like that against Indiana. I remember watching that game. You know they battled back. They only lost by four to Indiana, but in the first half they were getting smoked. And Cassius Winston, he wasn't playing well. He he really was not playing well. But then in the second half, when they kind of stormed back, he was when he picked it up. That team. I mean, he's just that player. He's a national. He's a player of the year candidate. So I mean, he's a legit. When he's playing well, that just makes everyone around them play well. It makes their their intensity go up. It makes them you know knockdown shots. So if he keeps playing the way that he is, I know some people are saying like the Big Ten maybe is you know like top to bottom. It's just like really good. There's not necessarily a great team in the Big Ten right now. I mean Michigan State. Why why would you not pick them to make another run to the Final Four if? Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman keep playing like this. You got that right. And, you know, anything goes once they get to the tournament this year. What, we've had seven number ones, according to the Associated Press. I mean, you know, who's the favorite? I don't know. That's what I mean. Yeah, not not just the Big Ten, like what I just said. It's college basketball together. I mean, there, there's really no one dominant team right now. It, it seems, yeah, like you said, it seemed like every time a new team got pushed up to number one, they lost, like, their next game. I mean, it happened to Michigan State, too. So, yep. like... Yeah, I mean that that's what makes like March Madness cool is a bunch of Cinderella stories, but sometimes you like to see at least a couple dominant teams to see them in the tournament. Um but yeah, this is this is the type of year that who knows, maybe some mid-level Big 10 team gets hot. <laughs> right. into the tournament and makes a little run. I think that like that's what makes the tournament kind of fun is teams don't really have like time to prepare for who their opponent is. You're just kind of playing on a whim. So maybe that's kind of actually what helped Michigan early on in that, that Bahamas tournament. They were just kind of shooting the lights out and playing ball. But now Big Ten teams are able to prepare for them. Well, this is our last week where we're not really heavy-duty concentrating on basketball. we got one more big football game. We'll talk about that here in a bit. But, uh, you know, after this weekend, man, that's when college basketball just really heats up, and I can't wait. Yep. Yeah, and I mean it's we're heading into February. Right after that is March, so you know what that means. Woohoo! March Madness. All right, before we get to the Super Bowl chat, which probably won't be very long, but, man, it's going to be a heck of a game. I just want to tell you about Advanced Elevator Company, featuring top expert field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators, an area business leader and longtime supporter of the Corona Public Schools, and a very proud partner of Three Point Podcasts. And speaking of a proud partner, the CoronaConnection.com knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. And speaking of Corona, make Corona 
your school of choice, young or old, it's great to be gold. Well, Matt, it is, <clears throat> excuse me, just the two of us here, but, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm really, really excited about this Super Bowl. You know, the Chiefs haven't been there in 50 years, the 49ers, you know, a, a very, very proud organization with multiple Super Bowl victories. I think this is one of the best matchups, at least on paper going in, that we've had in a long time. I think so. I mean, it's the perfect storm, or however you want to word it, whatever cliche you want to use, of the great 49ers defense going up against that ridiculous Chiefs offense with Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, that I think that's what most people want to see is can Mahomes torch that, that 49ers defense or are the 49ers going to be able to get to Mahomes and, and give him trouble? Because for the most part, I mean, he, he had the injury early in the year and maybe a couple of rough games or whatever. But for the most part, people haven't been able to slow that offense down. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, my gut feel tells my gut just tells me I'm going. You know how I'm a defensive guy. I'm just I'm leaning towards the 49ers. If we want to get a prediction out right now, I think the 49ers defense is going to rattle Mahomes. I think you know uh, their secondary is solid. They got the good pass rush. I just think that it's going to be the 49ers, something like uh, 31 to 28. So you think uh, Jimmy G? You know some people are saying because of how the 49ers won that game last week basically not throwing the ball at all but if they're going to if they're going to win that game as you're predicting you would you would think they would have to throw a little bit well they will they will but i still think also with their offensive line i think they're going to run the ball pretty decent too now is is, is Garofalo going to throw only 8 times no no i he's probably going to have to go to the air 20 to 25 times i think yeah, that's. I mean, people kind of forget. Like he is a very capable quarterback. And like one game I've seen people point to is earlier in the season. I, I brought it up real quick. They they kind of they won a shootout with the Saints. Right. Uh, they won it forty eight to forty six. And Garoppolo in that game threw thirty five times, had three hundred forty nine yards, four touchdowns. So, I mean, he's he's a very capable passer. Just last week they didn't need him to. So, you know, I'll, I'll yeah, that's what I'm going to be curious to see. I mean. The Chiefs' defense has actually been playing pretty well. They kind of stopped, shut down, whatever you want to say, Derrick Henry. They did. Um, who was just running over everyone. So you got to think, is are the 49ers going to be able to run? Are they going to be forced to pass? I, like, Yeah, like you said, it's it's a really intriguing matchup. You got a prediction? You going to put one on the table here? I was, I was going to keep blabbing on and maybe get away from that. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, it's just hard. I, I, I'm with you on the 49ers in that defense. I, it's hard for me to bet against Mahomes in the Chiefs' offense, though. Like, I feel like whether it's a shootout or a close game, I think Mahomes is going to be able to get it done. But well, I will say I, this: if, if I'm, gonna, I'm, I was thinking the same thing around like a, a 31-24, something like that, but in the Chiefs' favor. Yeah, and I will say this too. And I've always been more of an NFC guy, usually, but uh, it would certainly not uh, disappoint me. If the Chiefs and Mahomes comes away with a victory, you know, and their and their head coach too, Reed. I mean, he deserves it. He's been hanging around a long time, you know, and has to get that monkey off his back. I think he has just make it to the Super Bowl. But I, I'd be happy either way. I just want to see a good game like we all do. Yep. Yeah, it would be cool to see Reed Reed get a Super Bowl. You know, he's been in the league for so long um, with us. Obviously, he's like we've said before, he's kind of our our gambling insider. But so I looked it up. Um, Right now, at least what I'm seeing, the the latest over under is fifty four point five. Ooh, what are you thinking there? Fifty four point five over under. Uh, so with your 
your prediction, my prediction it would be over. It's over, yeah. I'll go with over. Over, yeah. I, I'm thinking over, too, because the only thing I'm really going off of is obviously the Chiefs offense and then that shootout that the 49ers won over the Saints. I feel like, yeah, they, they could – both teams could go in a shootout. I, man, I'd be real surprised if it was like last year. What was it, like 10-0 going into the fourth quarter or whatever? Yeah, exactly. That was that was Jared's lock, the over, for sure. Right. What, any any uh, big prop bets that you came across that looked interesting uh, at all? Yeah, being honest, I haven't looked up okay, any me prop neither. bets. You know, you know they're all out there and everything. The the whole how long is the national anthem going to be? Right. What, what are they going to wear? All that stuff. But I haven't seen any. I'm hoping for a J Lo uh, wardrobe malfunction myself. I mean, I wouldn't be mad about that. <laughs> it's J Lo and Shakira, right? So yeah, them. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I do wonder, you know, because they have said um, they're really trying to make it kind of. Like, it's in Miami, so they're trying to make it like a Miami vibe. Shakira, right. J Lo. I wonder if like Pitbull's going to come out. You know, you always wonder who those maybe like special guest appearances. Are I think be. I think I heard Demi Lovato. I think. Oh, okay. Yep. That be right. That... So, other than the, maybe the wardrobe malfunction, are you excited for <laughs> a J Lo Shakira halftime show, or is that not really move the needle? No, no, it does move the needle for me. I mean, especially J Lo. I mean, I think she's just unbelievable, especially at her age. You know, I mean, yeah. she is she's a true entertainer without a doubt, and man. Not bad to look at, as I think I've made that clear now a couple times in the last sure. couple statements. <laughs> Should be a good game, though. Yeah, I'm looking it's forward. It's good food, too. I know we like to talk about the food. Do you chill at home usually, Matt, or do you go to a party? What's what's your uh, what's your plans? I mean, it just depends on what's going on. This year we are going to go over to a friend's house, and there's going to be a handful of people or whatever there. Not not a huge party, but. Take, taking tater tots? <laughs> I should, actually, I thought about that. We we were texting all the friends that are going to be there. We were texting what what we all want, and I was thinking like I should just show up with tater tots. That should always be my tradition. Can't lose, man. <laughs> I haven't decided. That would be the only thing that's gone at the end of the night. Right. Well, I haven't decided yet. I know Saturday night we're going to babysit uh, little Parker down in Royal Oak while uh, Jessica and her husband go out for a rare date night. You know what that's like with a real young one, right? Yeah, you oh, take them when you can. Got to give the parents a date night every once in a while. Amen. So Sunday, I don't know if we're going to gather with friends. We may even head over to Rivals because you can't beat that. You know, they got a 10-foot screen there. Yeah, I mean, the, the huge screen, but they, that whole area is just lined with TVs. So, yeah, that'd be a great sp- place to watch. All right. Well, it should be a heck of a Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, let's hope Jared is healthy enough to enjoy it and maybe can make it back to join us next week, right? We, we have to. If if he listens to this, I'm sure he will. But we have to give him a lot of crap for oh. for missing this. I mean, I, I'm sure he's under the weather. I'm not going to knock that. Right. I mean, he's giving you so much for missing one show with your hip. Right. I had like 35 steps to climb. He all he has to do is lay in bed and dial the phone. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, Jared. Well, we hope you get well. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, Matt, I think we made it through one, so let's call it a pod. Just be sure, everybody out there, subscribe, rate us on all the big podcasting sites, including Apple Podcast and SoundCloud. It's absolutely free. It will help us continue to grow. Send your comments on topics or guest suggestions to at 3PointPod. Support our 3Point Podcast partners. Tell them you listen in. Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, The Corona Public Schools, and Promec Engineering. Also, be sure to check out our network friends at Sports Radio Detroit. This has been a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the Z92.5 Studios in Owasso, Michigan. Thanks again for listening to and 
supporting three-point podcast. Get well soon, Jared.